Welcome to Leveraging Leadership, where we unpack the art of business leadership. I'm your host, Emily Sander, C-suite executive turned leadership coach. And today's topic is how to think like an Olympian to stay focused when the pressure is on. And specifically, we're going to talk about mindset and mental prompts. So mental prompts, this is a concept that I heard about from Trevor Moad, who was a sports psychologist, and he worked with the likes of Russell Wilson, if you know football, and Russell Wilson was the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm from Seattle, that's my team, and Russell was there for over over a decade, I think, or about a decade. Um, He did some great stuff, and then at the end, he got a little little prissy, a little big for his britches, and he went off to Denver and uh, tanked there his first season, but gave us two first-round draft picks. So thank you, Russell. Anyway, um, we have Geno Smith now. Love, love, love Geno Smith. That's a whole other episode on leadership, which I I love that dude. Anyway, Trevor Moad worked with uh, Russell Wilson and also Michael Johnson. So Michael Johnson was that Olympian Olympic sprinter in the 90s, And he was famous for having the golden shoes that he ran in. And he would work on the visualization and his mental space before he would run, before a big race. And of course, his biggest race was the Olympics. And so if you think about the Olympics, you've got these big crowds, like stadiums packed to the gills, and you've got cameras pointed at you, and you've got the country watching you, and you're representing your country. So it's as pretty high stakes as you can get. And as you're, as you're getting ready, you've got your competitors right next to you. You're shaking out your legs. You're shaking out your arms. And you're about to get ready in that sprinter's crouch. So to get his mind right and focused on what he needed to do, he came up with simple statements that would keep him focused and keep the other mental noise out. So every time he would step up to run, he would say these things to himself. He would say, keep my head down, pump my arms, explode, I'm a bullet. Keep my head down, pump my arms, explode, I'm a bullet. Let's take this and swizzle this concept into the business world. If you don't know what swizzle means, go check out that episode. So let's say you've got this high stakes deal you're going into, maybe a big meeting, anything where you want to stay focused. And then what are the mental prompts or short, simple statements that would get you ready to go, get you showing up how you want to show up or accomplish what you want to accomplish? Think about Michael's. Think about what made them effective. It was the basic things he needed to do to run well. So I'm not a sprinter. um, I'm definitely not Olympian, but I imagine to run well, you keep your head down and you pump your arms, right? So what is at the core of what you need to do? Also, I love the last one. I love I'm a bullet. I'm like, I think he said that with a little like, uh, like a little bravado, like I'm a bullet. So whatever gives you a little bit of oomph, incorporate one of those in there too. It's also not necessarily to do with the outcome. So he wasn't sitting there saying, win a gold medal, win a gold medal, win a gold medal. He was focusing on something he could control. Keep my head down, pump my arms. So what are the inputs or leading indicators or whatever word you want to use there to focus you on what you need to do in order to give yourself the highest likelihood of success? Okay, so I'll give you an example from work. So I used to have to go to this meeting every month. And at the time, I was a manager of the deployment team. So our team's job was to take the handoff from sales, set up the customer on our online platform, and deploy them, and then hand off to um, customer service or account management, just depending on the size of the account. And when I got there, the relationship and dynamic between sales and deployment was not good, not good at all. So we were very siloed. It was very contentious. Everything was a blame game. 
And so one of the things we did to try to help this was um, have more regular communication, more regular interaction. And so once a month, I would go and talk to the sales team. There was this, there was this form in Salesforce that they had to fill out to send deployment requests to us. So I would talk about um, how that form would work, what all the fields meant, any updates to that uh, form or the process overall. And then I would take questions. So the bulk of that meeting was Q&A. So every month I would go into this conference room. There'd be 15 to 20 salespeople, all men at the beginning, um, Tracy got there later, and then a few more few more salespeople were hired who were women. But for the first few months, um, it was all men. So not not to make too much of that, but just like it was 20 sales dudes, one of Emily. I represented deployment. and Oh, and they got paid commission when the deployment went live. So they didn't get paid until a customer went live at the end of a deployment. So I'm the thing standing between a room of salespeople getting paid and everyone in that room has been conditioned to not like the deployment team. So that's, that's the setting we have, okay? At first, I was very nervous for these meetings. I uh, said I would do these meetings, but I saw them on my calendar and I was like, oh, like I have that meeting and I kind of dreaded going in. And um, I was not particularly sure-footed in my role um, at that point or particularly sure-footed um, just in general. And I remember I was like, Emily, like I need to get my head right going into these meetings. And so I had this uh, few seconds before each meeting where I would come around this corner and I have about 10 paces um, and I would see the doorway to the conference room. It was in their conference room too, by the way. And so I would turn this corner and I can see it to this day. I'd have about 10 steps and then I would go through the door. And so I came up with this, this process where I came up with these three mental prompts. And as soon as I turned that corner, I would start saying these things to myself over and over and over again. So the three things were, be confident, deliver information, and this is my team. So be confident. I wasn't particularly confident in that in that space yet. And um, I didn't want to appear as like a pushover or someone they could they could toss around, right? So be confident. I wasn't feeling particularly confident, but I could fake it pretty well. So I was like, be confident, you know, body language, tone of voice, all these different things. Deliver information. At the end of the day, they wanted information that I had. They wanted information. They're like, how do I fill out this form? How do I make it so you deploy it as quick as possible? How do I get paid? And so they wanted information that I had. And so my job was to deliver that information to them, deliver it effectively. The third one, this is my team. There was a lot of us versus them. There was a lot of the sales team and the deployment team. And so I wanted to remember that this is my team. This is my sales team. You know, of course, I, I manage the deployment team, but we are all one team at the end of the day. So this is my team. Be confident, deliver information. This is my team. At the end of the day, I wanted to confidently convey information to my team. So we can say it that way. And the first, you know, couple of these, to be honest, did not did not go great. Uh, they, nothing went wrong, per se. They were just kind of clunky and bumpy and awkward. And then after two or three or maybe four of these, People got familiar with them and we kind of caught, got in a, a cadence or a regular rhythm there. And I do remember, I think on my like fourth or fifth one, um, I, I, I got into it with this other salesperson. 
And we were going back and forth, and he thought the deployment team should be responsible for filling out these fields and that he shouldn't have to. And I said, no, like, I think you should be asking these questions in the sales process anyway, and it shouldn't be a problem for you to fill out these fields, which takes like 10 seconds. So anyway, I got into it, and then we stopped talking. And there was that deafening silence when two people who have just been in an argument stop talking and everyone's like, Hugh! and I was like, oh no, oh, oh no, this is not what I meant to do here. And I will remember uh, Roger White, who was the manager of the sales team, popped his head out and there was like this row of people and he popped his head out and he said, Emily. And I was like, oh no, like that tone of voice, like this could go one of two ways. And I was like, oh no, what's going to happen now? And he said, Emily, I want to thank you for answering our questions. I want to thank you for being here. Um, we've gotten more information about the deployment process in these last couple of months than we have for years. And so I just really appreciate you coming in here, coming into our room and answering some of these questions. And I let out like an exhale. I think the rest of the room was like, okay, okay. And then that allowed people, um, you know, someone else made like a stupid joke. He was like, you know, salespeople are the brightest. So if you tell us things six to eight times, we'll, we'll get it down. So come winter, like you come back in here, you keep coming in here. And by winter, we'll have how to fill this form out. So he was being self-deprecating and, and everyone kind of loosened up. I think that uh, people came around and that that kind of turned things. The dynamic of the of the teams started to turn there. We had our disagreements and we had our conversations, but it kind of broke the ice. And I think that people were responsive to that. And I could have tough conversations with people because they felt I was trying to help them. And I think it was because my mindset, like my intention going in and my mindset um, played into how I spoke and what I said, how I said it, and the manner in, with, in which I did things. And so I think those mental prompts really made a huge difference to, to those meetings and kind of changing the dynamic between those teams. Okay, one other element that I would, I would throw in here is um, I built the habit of those mental prompts around that doorway. So around when I would come around the corner and take my 10 steps and then walk through that doorway, um, going through that doorway just became a habit for me. I would mentally like get myself ready as I would move into that room. And uh, like a few years later, it was funny because we switched the layout of, of our building and how our office was situated. And so um, my team ended up being close to that conference room and sales was in another part. And so whenever I would walk into that conference room, I would stand up a little straighter and I would kind of like puff my chest out. And it was because I was conditioned to be confident when I walked in that room. And so I was, I caught myself doing it one day and I was like, oh, that's too funny. Like my mental prompts are still working. They're still ingrained in there. So you can build, you know, mental prompts. You can habit stack if you go through a certain doorway or have a certain meeting. I've had people use like car doors, like, okay, when I get in the car on my way to work, I want to think about this. Or at the beginning of the day, when I'm brushing my teeth, I want to think about these types of things. So you can build that habit into something that you routinely do as well. Okay, so recap and takeaways. Michael Johnson used mental prompts to keep himself focused for some of the biggest races he had for the Olympics. So where could you use some mental prompts? What are some scenarios or situations these would be helpful? And this could be a recurring scenario, like a set meeting or something you know is coming up. Or it could be a certain type of situation. So um, whenever I start feeling angry or whenever I start feeling tired. So when I say like, I'm so tired, like I can't do this, I'm so tired. Maybe it's I'm full of energy, I'm full of energy, I'm full of energy. 
what else? I have a big decision coming up. So what do you need to be thinking about to make a good decision? What helps you make the best decision you can? Second takeaway, what are two to three simple basic statements to go along with that? So what are the action steps within my control that I can always focus on? And the last one, what are you going to do to implement these? So is it a simple, good old-fashioned sticky note? Is it putting like a certain screensaver on your phone? Is it tracking it on a calendar, maybe like a wall calendar you can see the progress? What would help you implement these mental prompts? All right, that's a wrap on mental prompts. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you next time on Leveraging Leadership. This episode is brought to you by Next Level Coaching. If you or anyone you know would like to learn more about executive leadership coaching, please visit www.nextlevel.coach.